So lately I've been giving uh, Dharma talks with the title of Just Observe. And this is another one. What number is this? Five. Number five. So, 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 so. Just observe. And what I would like to say about that in this particular talk, and I have no idea what I've said before, so I might be I might be word for word repeating what number two was. I don't mind. You've probably forgotten what I said, even or not even listened to it. But uh, the reason I want to, uh, uh, the reason I keep using that is I can't think of any other topics. <laughs> no, actually, I want to write a book. So that's called Just Observe. And what was that other reason? Another book. Another book. So the fundamental reason is I want to push this on you and say, please do this. Please, uh, of all the things you're doing with your meditation practice or with your daily life, take some time to observe. Because if you're not observing, you're adding, subtracting, or dividing to something. You're commenting on it. You're you're explaining it. You're defining it. You're reevaluating it. You're pushing it. You're pulling it. You're being aggressive. You're being passionate. You're being uh, greedy. And I'm not accusing you of anything. Just saying, that's how it looks. I talk to a lot of people. talk to myself all the time. How do I know about this? This is how I know about it. Not, not necessarily from analyzing people. I don't analyze anything. I leave that to the scholars. You don't need to analyze something you can see very clearly. And what do I see very clearly? <clears throat> I don't know yet. I'm still observing it. <laughs> don't come to conclusions about things. It's not helpful. It's helpful to your self-centeredness because, well, hold on, now I know. It's like an opinion. You don't need to do that. You don't really need to do that. It's not necessary. So when something arises, the process seems to be uh, something arises and the, the recommendation is to just observe that. But what happens is, is because we spontaneously add things to it out of fear or fun, spontaneously add things to it out of hope. Hope, wanting something to change or be this or be that, what uh, it ends up being. If you continue to observe, is to observe the way you can observe, to wait the, to observe the lid that you put on things. Something arises, some negative, gnarly feeling about something that was triggered by uh, three somebody three doors down, or somebody in traffic, or somebody in your kitchen, somebody in your life triggers something, and then it's your feeling. It's your, your, this is the, the, the consciousness matrix that is experiencing this. So there's an aspect of it, and uh, it's, people have tried to name it. I don't know how necessary it is to name it, but it's just that idea of observing, of bringing the awareness to whatever is moving in the mind and observing it. And a lot of times, most of the time, quite often, right now even, you might be observing something that is being covered up. You're, you're, what you're noticing is a cover-up and not what is there. You just notice that that jar has a lid on it. In fact, it has five or six lids on it. There's lids taped to it with duct tape. There's no way you're ever going to investigate that situation because you are protected from it. That's the story we tell ourselves. Well, I'm not going to think about that. That would be, we'll come up and think, well, that would be just egotistical to think about that. Forget that word. Start calling it stardust. <clears throat> the actual definition of something is obscured by your thought patterns. The actual understanding of something is obscured by your thoughts about it. This is called 
projection. This is called uh, um, the imputed nature, the imaginary nature. Uh, what's the Sanskrit for that? Arikalpada. So by observing, we begin to see deeply. We begin to, if we don't give up on it, we just continue to re, uh, re, um, what am I looking for? Rededicate, maybe, would be it. Rededicate yourself. When it comes up, and the, the more painful it is, just rededicate yourself. Don't, don't, uh, don't uh, settle for some slimy propaganda about that. Because if you do, you'll have what will happen. You'll have some relief because you're you've actually looked away from the from the heartburn into something else. So you'll have some relief. The problem is it spins, and then you're then depending on when you're triggered again, you come back and have to look at that same thing or something very similar to it again. And of course, the way I teach this is to do this with the body. This and it's taken me forever to understand this. I'm really old. Hundred and I don't know, there's some change. A lot. I'm old. Sit down, hold still. You don't need to do mantras. You don't need. You may need to. If you feel like you need to do that, come and talk to me about it. I'll give you a bunch of them to do. If you want to do that, I would trust your. It's always a, the way I teach. It's always mutual. I talk to you. I watch what you do, and I try, insofar as I can, to not disagree with you. Why would I do that? Someone I'm trying to help. This is a. Uh, the way modern medicine works, it's starting to change, is uh, uh, you don't get to even know what your blood pressure is unless you ask, because the person who knows is working with you. They don't look like this. That's more like South Park. So what I'm emphasizing is is to observe, to see see what the way in which you keep covering up the very thing that you're, you're trying to see, trying to understand, the way you cover up your wisdom mind. And depending on your particular karma, your causes and conditions, depending on the degree to which you're blaming the triggers for how you feel, instead of be responsible for your emotions or your emotions, and you might say, I might say, somebody might say, everybody might say, well, isn't that pretty self-centered? Isn't, isn't that egotistical? Uh, why would I think they're my emotions? Doesn't that reinforce ego? No, it is not. Ego is unreal. You do not have to get rid of it. But you have to, if you're in this room, you're listening to me, then I would say, with your permission, my friends, you have to see what it is. If you can see what it is, it's just imaginary. It is not a real. I'm not saying the emotions aren't authentic or real or don't hurt or bother you. Of course they do. But there's no one having that. There's no solid being having that. It's very, what's the fancy word? Liberating. <laughs> Do you guys like to be liberated? Train your mind. Sit down and see the way you imprison yourself day after day after day, after day after day with, with your feelings, your emotions, your ideas, your speculation. What should I do? What, what should I? When you become uh, awakened, you will, you will no longer make any decisions. That's the, that's the end of that, because decisions are about separation and about confusion and about warfare on some level or another. Instead, you will, you will give everything that happens the benefit of the doubt. You, you would see that you don't jump on the train until it stops. Instead of, i got to get on that train. You know, jumping on a train going 38 miles an hour, probably not a good idea. This call patience.
You wait and watch what the emotions do. They go this way. Ouch, ouch, oh, oh, that doesn't feel very good. Now it's over here. Instead of interfering with it with some kind of speculation or some kind of, um, what do they call it, a bandage on it, trying to stop it. Trying to apply materialistic ideas of gain and loss to the spiritual path. Please don't do that. There's nothing here to believe, nothing to disbelieve, and nothing to turn away from. This is a spiritual path. It's awareness, awareness, awareness. It has nothing to do with Buddhism and has everything to do with Buddhism. Buddhism is not a belief system. There's nothing, if, you're, if it's someone who is believing in Buddhism, then this is not actually Buddhism. Read, read the early teachings of the Buddha, as far as we know, 100 years after he passed. He never talked about believing in anything. And it was an emptiness, <clears throat> an emptiness. It was not an emptiness of absence, but rather uh, an emptiness of your uh, concoctions or ideas or imputations about the situation. Just had to teach it some way. So you run the risk of having people jump into, oh, it's, it's nihilistic. No, it's not. So as you come in and sit down, either in your own meditation space at home uh, or in, in, uh, in the Zendo in here, come in and make use of this. This is why this is here. This is why all, all of us who live here uh, and people who have been here at the beginning of this coming together uh, are, are all about creating a space so we can mutually, Sangha, Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, so we can have a space so we can sit down and support each other. Somebody strikes the bell, we do the sutras, that's material for another uh, talk, but we have a place where we come in and we sit down and we take everything that's in motion that, that seems to be connected with this person, and put it in the symmetrical situation and watch the, what, the continuation, and the continuation is uh, the way you continue to confuse yourself. So observing may mean, initially it may be observing, as I was using the metaphor of lids on top of things, it may be observing the way everything is obstructed or, or closed off or shut away or, or excuses are made for it. There's different ways of getting, using passion, aggression, and ignorance. Aggression is just pushing it away. Passion is making excuses, stories about it that look like some kind of scrim or lace over the top of what you need to look at. And you end up looking at the lace, looking at the... Well, if he had, he said, and then I said that, and then I did, and then what could I do? I had to dance of samsara, round and around and around, lifetime after lifetime after life. I'm not condemning you to anything. I don't know what's true. I'm just coming out of how this is appearing to me. Don't believe a word I say. You hear me say that probably just every other talk or every talk. And you know what I mean by that? What I mean is get your own authority, as my teacher, Kobanchino uh, Roshi, said to his students, get your own authority. And what is that? You find out there isn't any authority. If there's an authority, uh, we're going back into some other time. Somebody who's in charge of everything else who's the authority. <clears throat> so this is why I often talk about cooperation or communication, talk, cooperation based on the communication, and then based on uh, the cooperation, collaboration as things seem to tip that way and that way. How can I help you do this? How can you help me do this? Collaborate. And then there's a lot of other C words after that. No, I'm not going to go. So, questions at this point? Michael. To flash on the opposite of something that arises, uh, is that cultivating a reference point? Not if you ask a question about it like that. It's just looking at it. 
So if you're, give me an example. Something arises that's black and flash on white. Mm, if, if you're sitting on the cushion, you should just be observing, not generating anything. There's, a, there's another practice for generating things. If you want to do that, I can teach you how to do that. But I, uh, if, you're, if you're asking me what should I do, I say, just, tr- just sit down and watch the way your mind is not trained. That's how you train your mind. That's how you would train anything if you see the way it's not trained. And, and what is the training uh, leading to or pointing to? It's leading to seeing clearly whatever is in front of you at any given time, knowing clearly what that is. I can tell you in a, a couple of words what it is, but you need to discover it. It's not separate. That seems to be the most incredibly powerful discovery of the mind, is to see that there is, there is not a separate thing or being separated, yes, but separated doesn't mean divided. It doesn't mean because our fingers are separate doesn't mean the, the hand can't function. A little bit of separation. Ask Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Bad humor. Andrew? Is Dharma and Dukkha? Well, from the ultimate point of view, not separate, yes. The, the truth, the truth, Dukkha, is the truth of suffering. Being a living being, just simply all these nerve endings that, that are very, very sensitive. Any rise in heat we start to get, any lowering in temperature we start to get, suffer. So just just uh, just this uh, sense right here is um, precarious. More? What's your name again? Kiyun? Mm-hmm. Kai-un? I shouldn't say that. I'll make it even harder for me. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, when we just observe what's expressed, I think it's not that there isn't something, but I, I think uh, it's it's uh, it's very subtle. But the main thing is you're on receive when you're just observing your whatever's uh, you're just observing it, and if you're doing any kind of expression in uh, in reaction to it, uh, like doing something with it, then uh, then you're causing some more circularity. You're causing it to get cloudy or go underground or sneak underneath a linoleum, scare you in the middle of the night. But, not, but you could say, the other way you could say it is, uh, this is just, this is just put in nature. You're just expressing awakened. You're, you're awakening by sitting there. So Dogen talks about the, the, the practice and, and enlightenment are not two separate things. Separated somewhat, but not, not fundamentally separate. It's a, it's a difficult one, as they say, uh, a difficult one to wrap your mind around because it's not a, it's not a, uh, that kind of polarized uh, conceptual structure that he's referring to. It's, he's, he's talking about actually being aware of that. So yeah. could we say receiving is the expression? If you want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, what does passion mean to you? What does it mean to me? It doesn't make any difference what it means to me. Ask me a question. I'm trying to understand what makes passion so bad. Okay, so I didn't say it was bad, but passion, you know, there are the three poisons in Buddhism. So the ignoring part is uh, can be uh, just simple as uh, as simple as uh, you're, you're listening, to, or someone's listening to you, and they just slightly start disregarding you because they're starting to look at what they are going to say back to you. So they're already ignoring, very low level of it, but it's there. Passion could be as simple uh, a thing as uh, grasping onto ideas, making excuses for something, blaming someone uh, as passion, because it's a, a low level of it, 
but it's happening. So any kind of grasping is passion. We're not going to get rid of passion. You can't have great music, great art, great, uh, great um, love without passion, of course. It's when it, when it gets in the service of some kind of uh, pride or self-centeredness or paranoia, then you've got some problems. And the problems are draw everybody else into that tornado, into that whirlwind, into that tsunami of emotional. And then depending on the power of that individual, depending on their charisma, their karma, their ability, we also know great leaders who are able to just, just by the intensity of their charisma and their passion, and they, they, they trigger the passion, the desire to be involved, the desire to be loved, the desire to be in control. So you, you find someone, uh, just we do it in Buddhism, you, know, you find somebody like His Holiness the Karmapa, His Holiness Dalai Lama, a, a great figure who's holy, and so and we can all be under that. But, so passion is a, it's just a, the way things work. It's not something to be gotten rid of. Don't have to get, I'm extremely passionate about just about everything. There isn't a day goes by that I don't weep. You can't weep if, if you don't have any passion. I've already done that today. More questions are good. It's Chris, right? Yeah, more questions are good. You want to talk about aggression or ignorance, the other two? I feel like I understand what you're Okay. Thank you. Further questions since we're doing that? Mm-hmm. I was going to do Juju. When it appears that someone else has caused emotional Triggered it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. How do we take responsibility? How do we be responsible for our emotions? Okay, so observe the way you want to point a finger. Don't, don't, don't stop the finger from pointing. That's too early. So notice the way you would like to dump it on them. You'd like to take the emotion that they have triggered. Plang. You probably would make that noise. And then you want to take that emotion and say, you created this crap here. When actually what they did was this, but what you're feeling is this. So all of this in here is yours, and they have triggered, because of the resonance of the frequency, an uninspected area of your, shall we say, psyche, your aliyavijnana, your whatever word you want, your unconscious, your uh, storehouse consciousness, your id, your super, what is that, super extraterrestrial? (laughs) It's not that funny. So how you would do it is see the way you object to it. See the way you want, you want to you want to get rid of it by blaming. Well, if they hadn't said, we'll do it with our words. If they hadn't done this, I wouldn't be feeling this way. Well, there's a little, there's a little bit of truth to that because of cause and effect. But the fundamental situation is uh, is about ignorance. You've actually ignored what this is, and you've been ignoring it for the last whatever number of years until this person comes along, and and they may not even be intending. Uh, to do anything. I mean, they, they may just do something kind of random that triggers something in your storehouse that gets time to come down, time to come down the stairs. I hear that call again. And here it comes, all of your uninspected emotions, hopes, fears. And I would even go so far as to say they're not just this lifetime. That's why it's so difficult. And I don't believe in other lifetimes, so, nor do I disbelieve them. So, in your situation, this is why you come in and sit on the cushion, not to have some kind of spiritual experience, but to come in and look at the raw, rugged, rough edges of the self-centeredness and the ego. Come in, sit down, be genuine, sit here, and be genuine, be who you are. Experience, feel what comes and goes and comes and goes. And slowly over time, train your mind to not jump on it, 
not reject it, and not close down. That takes a while. So that way when you, as they say, post-meditation or after you're off the cushion, when uh, challenging or difficult situations come up and trigger you, it's still going to trigger you. You're still going to have the negative feeling. But you, but there's more space there. There's more. There's more. It's a the space you don't create. You don't create more space. You just realize there's a lot more space around that emotion than there was maybe two months, two years ago, where you were more claustrophobic. They had the emotion you could do. You were totally at the mercy of that uninspected emotion, and that person did it. And they need to be. Well, people get shot over this. Total strangers. You get in the way of somebody who has a whole uh, two or three garbage bags full of this uninspected emotion. And they have a gun. And this is why the the society is completely insane. And if if, if it's totally hilarious, it, we're so tragic because we're actually arming our our insanity uh, with concepts about our right gun rights and so on. It's just it's an astonishing situation. And you can't attack that or go against that uh, through the political structure because that is is, a, is an actual structure of, of spinning and polarity, believing in right and wrong. Right, wrong, right, wrong, right, wrong. So the best thing for you to do, as far as I can see, is just go slow. Watch the way you jump away from what you're feeling into the cause of your feeling. That's why the why question doesn't work. What works better because you actually are kind of locked into the texture of the feeling. Like I think I was talking about yesterday is transmuting emotions. You have to stay in, in what feels like spaghetti. You know, it's like you're a meatball all these worms all over you. It's a perfect example. <laughs> so just watch the, just follow the leading edge of the feeling and you'll see right on the tip of the feeling is blame. And don't, don't push it. Don't pull it back. Do anything with it. Just watch it. it because there is no self. That, that has to, it can only get traction if there's somebody behind it who's pushing it. And so, but if you look at the tip of it, the next thing you will see is there isn't anyone there. Good luck. Chris? Uh, if the emotion you feel is unpleasant, want to experience that emotion, how do you understand it without labeling it or... <clears throat> Train your mind. Sit a lot. So that you're, like if you say, how do I cut through this log? You know, and, you, and I look and say, well, what, what are you using right now? got a butter knife. I say, let's get a really sharp knife. You might, you might have to get a saw. But you, you need to sharpen the part of the mind that sees, witnesses, thinks, looks at. All That whole area needs to be more and more, has the ability to be more clear and not loaded up with uh, prejudice, ideas, opinions. Those stop us from seeing clearly what, what we need to do. So, Start at the beginning and start where, where you are. Is start right at your question. Let's let's become more and more clear about what we're asking about. So that's what I would say. That's why we do so much sitting meditation. It seems to be necessary. And then, no guarantee, but then more than likely your uh, your the way things you're working with things in your life in the world, uh, it's going to be less warfare there. You might notice that. You may not. Other people might notice you're less warlike. Sometimes other people say. You don't seem to have the, how do I say that? You don't seem to irritate me as much as you used to. It's not that funny. I almost called you Kevin. And then I saw that big smile. <laughs> Smiling lion.
Yes. Um, Shane from Texas asks, what's the difference between real and unreal for one who is on the path? Uh, it's just about awareness. It's, it's not about clamping down on this or that. These are, uh, these are ideas, opinions. From the point of view of reality, this is a, it's a relative idea. So if it's relative, then, it, then it, it, it has its ultimacy, but it's not real in a sense. If you start to look for that, you become a philosopher. And, you, and some people are extremely good at that. If you've read uh, philosophy, something you need a lot of excedrin to even read them. Question from Kozana in Traverse City. What's the difference between passion and attention? So uh, passion uh, usually has some kind of demand in it, perhaps. And it's not that it shouldn't have, but it's some, it wants something else. It wants something, it wants more of something, or it wants less of something. Or it wants to not be bothered by something. So an attention is uh, just bare attention is just whatever it is. It's just arising. And the way you'll know you're, you're functioning in this way, you won't know what it is. If you know what it is, this is delusion. This is not going to make sense to materialistic or scientific materialism that, that counts on knowing what this is and what that is. And as you've seen, if you've read anything about uh, particle physics or anything like that, which I've read just enough to realize that's not my forte, but enough to see that when they get right down to the fundamental substrate of the of, of physical world, they, can, they don't know what that, what that is. They don't know what the building blocks are. There's confusion about, I think they're using what, particle and wave is one of the, is it a part, is it something or is it just a flip of a fish's tail? And the difficulty that, that, that people, human beings, scientists, or anyone has, we have here is, is the underlying assumption that there is someone that can find out something else. The whole science is based on that. Not wrong. Go ahead and do it. Keep doing it. People have been doing it for centuries. I'm not taking away the discovery of uh, Charles Darwin or um, uh, Copernicus. or What did he discover? Stars. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> what did he discover? What? Capers? Those are little, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, show Can a what question turn into explaining? It could, but but if you're saying what, then then but the basis of the inquiry is what what is that? What what is this? Emotion comes up, and rather, why am I feeling this? Which causes a creates a, 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 a six lane highway away from the feeling into all the things that are, could be causing that. So it's it's the it's the materialistic approach to it. Here's something happened. What caused it? Who's to blame for this? And it doesn't see dependent origination as deeply as the, what the Buddha was talking about. It sees it its surface. Of course, this goes through the air and causes that. Therefore, this has made a noise that was against the law, so we need to lock this up. Or do we lock up the table? So it's just a very simplistic, materialistic way of working with everything that makes uh, allows the self-centeredness to continue to function as a, a kind of underlying authority about everything. But you can't. As I've said so many times, you're forgetting about the tree. You're forgetting about the person who carved this. You're forgetting about where glass comes from. You're forgetting about where do these hands come from that even move that through the air to make that sound. The dependent origination leaves nothing out. Everything is dependent on everything else for its apparent individuality. You can't leave anything out. Even rocks. Even a little bitty rock called itty bitty. Observe the forgetting about. What? When something comes up, you know, 
just start to see what you're just describing, forgetting about, forgetting about. <clears throat> Paraphrase that question. Forgetting about is what is the ammunition or what's the weapon that I'm still not tra- tra- I'm a little bit, but I'm not. Are you, are you trying to give me a hard time? Giving <laughs> <laughs> myself hard time. <laughs> so, what's the question? What is it you want to know? And, and keep keep it very direct and simple. Uh, if you if you create a labyrinth with your question, then I'm I'm. I get drawn right into the labyrinth, and then I'm, I participate in your uh, in your confusion. But if you say if you have the question, it's, it's crisp. This is a, what about this? Then I can approach it that way, and then then we come up with a with a, a response. Might not, might be helpful, might not be, but a response that at least is as clear as the question. What's what's being forgotten? When when an emotion arises and aim for the bottom of it. What is being forgotten? Well, I don't know if anything is particularly being forgotten as we may be, since we're focusing on that emotion or that feeling, we may be ignoring the table, ignoring the ceiling. We're not, there's a bird chirping out in the wind, out the, out in the yard. We might not be, might not notice that because our intention, especially if you're sitting and you're looking at what's arising and some, whatever's arising in your brain pan is quite, uh, is magnetizing you because of the difficulty you're having or whatever, and so you're trying to see what what that is fundamentally, what the texture of that feeling is. So you might be, you could say, kind of forgetting about what's happening with the sound in the hallway. You don't even notice it. Uh, one time, uh, um, <laughs> uh, my uh, my preceptor, uh, Shoho Mike Newhall, who's the abbot of the Jacoji in California and Santa Cruz Mountains. So one time. Uh, this is many years ago, Category Roshi. We both studied under him a little in the early 70s. And one time, um, this is a long time ago, 45 years ago, he said that he was talking to a category about, about he was had a focus on with him. He says, and I was telling him about my uh, about my anxiety and my about my uh, depression that he had. He, he had a lot of that when we first met him when we were. And uh, he was telling me that we were both perplexed by the response. And, Category Roshi said, just forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're both going, <laughs> what? <laughs> we were both kind of, a little bit, you know, kind of, I mean, he's a Zen guy, so he's a monk, so why would he mislead? Forget about it. Or, oh no, it was, de- I, I lied. I did, I, I lied. He actually said, don't think about it. That was, that's, that's a quote. Don't think about it. But it, it resonated with what you're saying. So that's my excuse. That's why I lie. <laughs> Don't think about it. How do you do that? <laughs> has anyone read any of his uh, category? I think he has a couple books out. He's passed away now, but he had uh, Returning to Silence was one of them. One more? Yes, Chris. So when you're ignoring or you're not thinking about certain things, you know, which, I mean, are you not subtracting? Yeah, so it's, it's not about, when I say don't add, don't subtract, don't divide, I know you can't stop doing that. I can't stop doing that, but that's how I know about it. But I'm saying bring your awareness to the way in which you're, so that you can see that you're doing it. It's about always about awareness. It's never, success and failure are very low-level uh, understanding of, of the world. So it ties us into a materialistic, grasping, almost a greedy kind of approach to everything where we, we get a little bit threatened and we immediately want to, build walls to protect ourselves and 
communities and, build, and keep a lot of money in the bank. And so, so there's a, it's not about not doing that so much, but it's about being aware of how we use that to avoid who we are and what the world is. Yes. Uh, one last question from Shane. Can you cover up passion? Well, I think you can cover it up. Ignore it. That's what he's we cover it up. You can cover. Uh, you have negative feelings. You can uh, of some kind that you don't care uh, to have. You can cover them artificially with drugs or alcohol. There's all kinds of artificial ways. Or you can just uh, uh, go for a walk. Just just having uh, difficult feelings and going for a walk because it'll help you to feel better is a way of covering things up. And so it's not about not doing that. It's about being clear of what your intention, your motivation is. And then, and then that allows you to actually see uh, how that works, how that happens. It's like you could say that samsara or the world out there is crazy and my job is difficult, my relationship is difficult, I can't get along with the neighbors. And so I'm going to go meditate. You could say that that was covering up all that difficulty out there. So there's, everything is always dependently arisen. It's just that this kind of activity or lack of activity it allows you allows the awareness which is uh, is not uh, uh, has no ontological status that's a fancy way of saying it's not something it's not a thing awareness doesn't belong to anyone isn't that great awareness that has no owner there's no owner to whatever's arising in any one of your minds is there's no one behind that and, and that that's a realization it's not a thought or even though I'm making a statement about it so it brings up thinking but the insight into that is just, uh, it's transforming. It, trans it transforms your whole relationship to everything. It's an astonishing uh, understanding. Thank you so much. Please like to remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. We also receive donations through PayPal, debit credit cards, and mail. We appreciate and depend on your financial help. Thank you. May it bear this penetrating to all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.